So we are starting a new series today. Um, the title of the series is The God of More Than Enough. All right, The God of More Than Enough. And if you have your Bible with you or you have your electronic device with you, which I hopefully that you do, you follow along with us, would you please open it up to Galatians chapter 2? Eight. Huh? Second Corinthians chapter. No. Oh, we're going to Galatians. We're going first. to Galatians too. <laughs> we're on the same notes, right? Here. <laughs> what day? We'll get together. Yeah. And it's okay. You know, sometimes if the Bible is new to you, it's like oh, Galatians two. I don't know where Galatians two is. I, there was a time when I didn't know where Galatians two was either. Right. This is why Bible tabs help. The table of contents help. You should not feel embarrassed no. about looking. How else can we discover and get to know? you know, where these things are. So don't be embarrassed. We all started somewhere at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And uh, just by opening up and investigating, the Bible will become more familiar to you. You know, P.S. likes to say, I like to hear those pages turning. Uh, And I think, God, I think, is smiling, going, I like to hear those pages turning too. (laughs) When my my children are looking into my word. And so we want to start out asking you this question. How many of you believe that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive? Yeah, all right, a lot of hands raised, because I was going to say, raise your hand if you believe it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Yes. And I hope you know why that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because Jesus said it yes. to us, <laughs> right? That's an easy answer. And that's, uh, that's good. If Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive, then that's what we do believe. Yes. But let's also just be real, too, be, about this, because... You know, it's also pretty blessed to be on the receiving end, isn't it? Amen. I mean, we all like to receive a gift. Somebody gives you a gift card to go to maybe your favorite store or somebody buys your dinner for you. It's mm-hmm. like, this is pretty cool. Or you're driving through a drive through I don't know if you ever had that happen, coffee, and you get up there, and it's like that person just paid for your coffee. It's like, oh, that's really great. So we do. It's more blessed, Jesus says, to give mm-hmm. than to receive. But it's pretty blessed also to receive, yes. too. And uh, the answer, why is it then, why is it more blessed? Why would Jesus say it's more blessed to give than to receive? Why would he say that? And the, the answer is really because giving reflects the heart of God. Yes. That's as simple as it gets, really. Giving reflects the heart of God because scripture says this and we just sang this song I believe it's up on PowerPoint John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. it says for for God so love the world yeah let's yeah. say that together that those underlined words that, that he, he gave. gave he so loved the world that he gave his one and only son nice. that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life so God loved the world And in love, he gave, he sacrificed. And in fact, you may be never more like God, you know, than when you give. Because God is, we say God is love, but that love, it didn't just hold to itself, that love gave, okay? Yes. So, because we are children born of God, we are born of that love, we give. Yeah. This is this is how this is meant to flow. And what I know about you is because you love, you give. <laughs> and because you love a lot, you want to give more. And, and, and some of you do that, that's for sure. And the reason uh, some people might say, I can't, is uh, you feel like you can't, 
is because you think you don't have enough. And the reason I, I know that is because it's so common. It's really so common. It, it's a mindset. It, it's a mindset of scarcity. Uh, scarcity mindset is always wondering, will I have enough? And uh, the mindset is like, hold you back from being generous. And this is on uh, PowerPoint. Many of us don't have a money problem as much as we have a mindset problem. And so the, the goal of these messages is to help. Okay. Yes. Many of you don't have a money problem. You have a mindset problem. And really the truth is the goal of these messages is to build our faith so that we can ask God to help change our mindset from a scarcity mindset to an abundant and generous mindset. Uh, from a, a, a fear mindset to a uh, and lack of abundance mindset to one that is really overwhelmingly generous. You want to give because you love. And God's calling every single one of us to give because we love. We love. And I like what Pastor Mamie says. says sometimes we might not, we might be more like God when we give. And I think that's a really good thing. So let's pray. Father, I ask by the power of your Holy Spirit and by the truth found in your word that we would renew our minds to the truth that uh, not to live in the scarcity, Lord, not that mindset, but live in a mindset of abundance, a mindset of more than enough, knowing and believing that you're the provider of all things, Lord. And the truth is, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And Lord, help us become more like you. Increase our faith to give and be generous. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. We want to give you a little context before we jump into Galatians chapter 2. Uh, uh, the Apostle Paul inspired uh, by uh, the uh, Holy Spirit wrote a letter to the Corinthians and we're going to go to 2 Corinthians here after we kind of lay a foundation and uh, the thing is is that uh, Paul he was Saul before but then he got born again and he, he started to uh, express and be a, a missionary and a witness for Jesus Christ. And Paul himself is a Jew. And uh, our, our Christianity came out of, of the Jewish religion. And Jesus was a Jew. <laughs> and uh, so God called Paul not just to take the gospel to the Jewish people, but he says, I want you to go to the Gentiles. And so the question would be, who are the Gentiles? <laughs> it's pretty easy. The Gentiles are non-Jewish people. Yeah. Everybody else in <laughs> yeah. the, the world. <laughs> it makes it easy. Uh, so, in the, but there was a problem with it because it came out of the Jewish uh, faith. They, they thought that Christianity was only for the Jews. And... Uh, when Paul recognized the truth of it, it's for everybody. It's for everybody. He, he, he would 
because of the situation and the, the schism that was only for the Jews, and why are you taking it to the Gentiles? Paul goes to the church and he talks to the three top dogs there is Peter, James, and John, and who were Jewish also. And they uh, prayed and asked and actually said, yes, you go to the Jews, you go to the Gentiles. We'll, we'll minister to the Jews, but you go to the Gentiles. And in Galatians chapter 2, we want to look at verse 9 and 10. And here it is, James, Cephas, or Peter, and John, those esteemed to be pillars gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. That means the Jews. And all they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor the very thing I had been eager to do all along. They told Paul, go to the Gentiles, one condition. Encourage them to be generous and to remember the poor. So this is, Paul said, this is what I intended to do. This is what I'm going to tell everybody because Paul didn't kick Jewish people out of his meetings. He was going to encourage everybody to become generous. Amen? So he was excited about it. Yeah, so, he, so Paul goes then, okay, on his missionary journey, and he preaches to the Macedonians, is what it says. Who, and the Macedonians were quite poor. Yes. But, and, but they had gladly received the gospel. And Paul then begins to tell them about the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem that were suffering a lot of persecution, mm-hmm. uh, their property was seized. They were quite, they were also very poor uh, and had very little. And so Paul is telling them about these persecuted Jews in Jerusalem. And uh, because the, the people there, the, the Pharisees and all of the religious mm-hmm. people hated them. Uh, and on hearing this, the Macedonians were like, oh my gosh, we want to help those poor people who were suffering yeah. in Jerusalem. Like they were inspired to help them and give them, which was right and good to do. But Paul, as we're going to read here, was like blown away. He's stunned. He's yeah. shocked at yeah. how much they wanted to give, like how generous they were. He, you could call it irrational yes. generosity because it was irrational. It didn't make sense because these Macedonians were so poor themselves, all right? And it was completely stunning that in spite of their own situation, they were extremely generous and had this joy to give to other people because yeah. they wanted to, to help the other people. Of course, out of love, they wanted yes. to help the other people. And so if we look at, now turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. This is where these stories connect. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. So this is Paul writing now. It's just the book. The very next book after yep. Galatians, yes. Before so Galatians. <laughs> she was giving me grief because this is I this have d- dyslexic. I'm dyslexic. <laughs> it's like if you say before, they're going to go back. If you, we, <laughs> we won't go there now. Yeah. <laughs> I would say go forward into the next book. <laughs> I would say go backwards to 2 Corinthians. Oh, 
I Go ahead. <laughs> have you found Second Corinthians <laughs> chapter 8, verse 1? All right. This is Paul writing, and he's saying, and now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given yeah. the Macedonian churches. And Okay, just pause here for a second before we go to the next verse because Paul's mentioning this to the Corinthians Yes. because the Corinthians a year ago had promised that they were going to give financial aid to these poor Jews that are being persecuted, Christian Jews in Jerusalem, right. but they never followed through on it, all right? Mm-hmm. It's always good to follow through. If you're going to say you're going to do something, we're going to give you this big gift and they never do it. It's like, that's not a good thing to do. So he's writing this now actually as a way of reminding them to follow through. And he wants to tell them about the Macedonians because he's like, these people were amazing. And he goes on to write this in in verse 2. He says, in the midst of a very severe trial, he's talking about the Macedonians, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty Mm. welled up in rich generosity. It doesn't really make sense. So he's saying these Macedonians are amazing because in the midst of their own severe poverty, their suffering, they're in a severe trial themselves. They still, they, this is the grace of God, though. This was part of the grace that comes when the desire is yes. there to help because you love somebody. There's a grace to go, I'll do whatever I can mm-hmm. to help. They were eager to help. Yes, they were eager to help. So, wow, here's, here's the Macedonians, very, very poor, yet, like I like yeah. what you said, irrationally generous. And the truth is, as you look at this, when you say they're very poor, it's, it's not like how some of us are. Yeah, we live today. <laughs> yeah, I can barely afford my streaming services, you know, my Hulu, my Prime, mm. my, my Netflix. They're so expensive, I might have to cancel Disney+. Plus. On my 75-inch color TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying, eh? That's poor. Oh, you poor. Oh, that's too bad. Well, that's how some people live, in, in, you know. But when the Bible says they were extremely poor, if you do a word study out of the Greek, because the, the Bible, the New Testament, is written in Greek, ancient Greek, so we have some study helps that you can do, like uh, Strong's Concordance and... You could take a look at some of those things and find every word that's in the Bible. And I didn't look to see if responsibility is there, but... I said it's probably in the Amplified, though, somewhere. Oh. <laughs> With all yeah. those extra words. Yeah. yeah, all those extra words. But you know what that means? Extremely poor? You do that word study and it says it's as deep as the ocean. Yeah, so that's pretty poor. So they're so very poor, but yet... Irrationally generous. And the other thing we see about them, we learn about them, is that even though that they are suffering a severe trial, they have this inner joy. Overflowing with joy, I think that's what the word says. You know, and it's, it's interesting because a lot of times for us, <laughs> when we feel, uh, let's say, uh, enduring trials or if we are in lack, uh, what happens? Well, we turn inward, don't we? <laughs> we might get depressed or anxious uh, because what happens is that we're more prone to be selfish. Guard what we do have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're, we're focusing on ourselves. Uh, we certainly aren't focusing like the Macedonians, like we're going to help other people. 
You know, we're, we're, we lock ourselves in. What about me? Poor me. It's the poor me syndrome. Am I talking to the right people or has it never happened, you spiritual people, yeah. huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you think about what Paul was trying to say here about the Macedonians, he's trying to show the Corinthians yeah. that, you know, their love and concern to help and bless their fellow believers, even mm-hmm. though they themselves were poor, because the, I don't know that the Corinthians was necessarily a poor church. No. But he's saying, you know, these people were so poor and look what they did. They had generous hearts and they found great joy in their giving. And, you know, again, you have, we have to remind ourselves, what does love do? Love gives. gives. You know, when love is the motivation of our heart, it does become easy to give. You look at the people on the screen, you're looking at these people in Cuba or wherever that Think Missions photo was from, and you're like, I, I got some extra I could give. Don't you feel like that? Yes. You know, and then it raises the question because it said they gave, you know, so much. They gave so big. If they didn't have much, you know, yeah. and they were incredibly generous, then how did they give so big when they had so little? I guess the one thing we have to understand is, because Paul explains that in these couple of chapters, it's not so much the amount. It's not based on the amount because when you consider the story of the widow might you know when jesus was watching the people drop offerings into the treasury and the widow came she gave those two copper pennies basically he commended her he said this was this was sacrificial Mm -hmm. and loving giving because the other people were giving in out of their abundance he said and it's easy you know if you've got fifty thousand in the bank and you say i'll give 200 it looks like a lot to somebody who has nothing but it's like 200 was like a dollar to them Right. This woman, the widow's mite, she gave, he said she basically gave everything she had. And that was commendable yes. in the heart of God because he knew she gave it in love and she gave it willingly and she gave it sacrificially. Mm-hmm. And so it's not so much that these Macedonians somehow scraped up a ton of money, but they right. had something obviously to give. And then they also had a very different mindset about money. A different mindset. True. And remember we have what we said earlier, that many of us don't have a money problem as much as we have a mindset problem. And so we want to talk about today for a moment two different mindsets. Two different mindsets, all right? One is the bag mindset, and one is called the barn mindset, all right? Two different mindsets. Yes. And the bag mindset says, I'd really like to give more, and you generally do want to give more, mm-hmm. but I just don't have enough. I don't have enough. And I think many people sitting in here would go, I could relate to that. Yes. You could relate to the words in the Old Testament from Haggai. We put this on the screen, and it might be hard if you back up in the Bible when you find Haggai in the Old Testament. Or do you go toward the front (laughs) of of the the Bible? The front of the Bible. (laughs) Anyways, we have it on the screen to make it easy. If you don't have Bible tabs and you can't get there quickly. Haggai, chapter 1. Verse 6. Pretty cool. But you eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one's warm. And he who earns wages, catch this, it's underlined, earns wages to put them into a bag with holes in it. So no matter like what comes into my bag, mm. it seems like it's always just got holes in it. And at the end of the month, there's nothing left in the bag. 
In other words, though, I want to give. I, I, I have some, I, I, I do want to give. I genuinely do. Mm-hmm. But my bag is always running on empty. <laughs> It's like, I, there's nothing in it. That's the bag mindset. <laughs> yeah, the second mindset is the barn mindset. The bag mindset, I don't have enough, but the barn set mindset says, I have enough. Yeah, God is, I have enough. Yeah. In fact, if you even go oh, no. further toward the front of the Bible, you could go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28, I I recommend you read this and actually put it in your heart because it's pretty awesome. It's a a covenant promise that God has for you and for me. And it it says, verse 1 there, it says, if you fully obey the Lord your God, what will God do? In verse 8, it says this, the Lord will send a blessing on your barns. There's the mindset. And on everything you put your hand to, the Lord your God will bless you in the land he's given you. The barn mindset believes that as we obey God that, uh, and become generous givers that he himself will fill and refill our barns. And this is how the Macedonian people lived. Even though they didn't have much, they, were, they didn't have the bag mindset. They had the barn mindset. Oh yeah, we've, we've got enough. We can give, we can give, and the barn mindset is that I do have enough, and uh, we, we don't have to wait till later until we have more to give, but we have enough right now. We can actually give right now, yeah. and they had the barn mindset. Yeah, that God will fill the barn and refill it. Once we give, it yes. just, God will refill the barn. But most of us, like really, when it comes to money, and I don't think there's one person who comes as a, into the, to be born again and into the things of God where money is, isn't an issue. Because money is our mm-hmm. livelihood. Money is how we live and buy and have our food. And so money's big to us. Yeah. And most of us are not living with a barn mindset, especially when we first come to Christ. Right. You know, and then what happens then as a Christian with a bag mindset? So even as a Christian, what happens is you know, God, God increases you. God, you, you pray, God blesses you. You get, a, you get a promotion on your job or you get a better job. Yeah. And uh, the first thing you do when you have a bag mindset, what do you do? You consume it. Yeah. <laughs> you spend it. <laughs> on, you go out. You get on Amazon. Yeah. And you're like filling up the cart and you're click by. And click by. We do. We consume it. Look what God's given me. I'm blessed. It's like now we can get that big 75-inch TV that we've been. Too big. You know, and so we spend it. We consume it. And then at the end of the month, it's like, oh, my gosh, where did it all go? Yeah, right. I don't have enough again. And there's a fear when you don't have enough again. So it's like you were like, oh, I got to get i got to get more again. But there's holes in my bag is the problem. Mm. There's holes in the bag. Because God gives to us, we spend it, we consume it, we don't have enough. And then we become afraid we won't have enough. And this cycle, it's like, I'm trying to give, but I, I'm, I'm in this bag cycle. And you really do want to give. <laughs> and I do want to give, but yeah. then I say, well, I just can't afford to do it. This is the bag mindset. But there is this other b- mindset we're talking about, the barn mindset. Mm-hmm. So instead of 
consuming it first, just spending it first, what do you think you do? You give, yeah, or you, you, you give. You give first. Yes. Because love gives. <laughs> love gives. Love gives. And so Proverbs 3, 9. And we're not going to tell you where that is. It's in the middle of the Bible. <laughs> you <laughs> You'll go have to find that yourself. Back toward Pro- the end of the Proverbs Bible. Proverbs <laughs> 3. This is a great verse. Yes, it is. And it has These... hold such truth to it that it, it says, be... Proverbs 3, 9. It'd be good to underline this in your Bible. It'd be great to underline it and, and then start believing it a little bit. Love to hear those pages turn. Oh, you know, because man. sometimes people will say, oh, churches are just after your money. Well, no, we're not after your money. We're looking at what God says about money. We want to make you, disciples. And when you actually look and see what the Bible says, what Scripture says about money, you realize there's a lot in here about money and mm-hmm. how I steward my money. So it's Proverbs 3, 9 says to do what? Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops. So what do you do? The first thing you do, you know, is honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first of your increase. And then verse 10 there you go. says, what? then your barns will be filled to overflowing mm-hmm, mm. and your vats will brim over with new wine. So here's the key. To the barn mindset, you honor God with the first of what he entrusts to you. And then he says, I'll fill your barn. Yeah. I'll fill your barn. Then see, first fruits on that verse refers to tithing. Right. Um, we're not going to really get into tithing exactly, but it does refer to, to tithing, which is written from Genesis on in the Bible. Um, and tithing means 10%. 10%. Yeah. And tithing actually he's giving 10% to God of the 100% that he's given you. See, this is the other mindset that we often don't have is that everything we have belongs to the Lord. Everything. We tend to think this is mine, I work for it, my money. Well, if God didn't give you breath in your lungs yeah. <laughs> to go to work, you'd have no money. And so, I mean, and that's easily seen in the Bible that it all belongs to him. And in Deuteronomy, it says, I give you power to make wealth. It, but in the finish that, set, that verse, it says, in order to establish my covenant. Ding. So God wants us to steward our money mm-hmm. in a way that advances his kingdom, which is really what the tithe does. It's yes. meant to advance the kingdom of God. Yes. And then God blesses the other 90%. That's correct. Right? Tithing is actually a, an act of worship. It's actually putting yourself in a position where, Lord, you are my supply. I trust you. You are my provider. And let's go to Malachi. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament right before Matthew. Right before Matthew. Malachi chapter 3. This is kind of the classic scripture, I think. Verse 10, yes. People have heard, if you've been in church, you may have heard this scripture about tithing. And we have it up on the uh, PowerPoint too. But I love to hear these. See, it's it's always better to have you put your eyes on your Bible to see what it says so that way God writes it on your heart 
And you know, a lot of times when you read the Bible, you find things that are in there that like, ooh, I don't do that. Am I by myself or is everybody else finding out this, this thing? <laughs> well, we were yeah. like this when we first heard about the tithe. We, like, never, we were in church we all our life, never that. heard anything about the tithe. Yeah. But when we did, we thought, whoa, we better catch up. And we did the best we could, you know I mean? But I have to say, God's proved himself faithful yeah. over the long run. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Malachi 3.10 says, bring the whole tithe. Now that's 10% into the storehouse that there might be food in my house. Now the storehouse is kind of a barn, isn't it? And here's the only place in the Bible that God is encouraging you and I to test him. He says, test me with this, says the Lord Almighty. If I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. This is, again, the only time God is, is challenging you to challenge him. That's pretty amazing. You know why? Because he's faithful. He yes. says, bring your first and your best, the tithe, and trust God to bless yeah. the rest. Do we have that test me now in this? I'd like that up on the screen if we've got that. Yeah, test, test me. me. Test me. See, it says test me in this. Mm-hmm. Test That's me. That's the only place in the Bible God actually would say, check it out. Test he gives me. us permission to <laughs> test him in this. This is pretty amazing. So we, we give our tithe, and he blesses the rest. We give 10%. He blesses 90%. You know, and... and What's pretty amazing is that means that God himself will bless the 90% and that 90% will go further than 100% unblessed. I've lived that out. We've lived that out. Absolutely. It's amazing. And some of you are thinking, 10%? That's crazy. I can't do that. I can't even give now. I got the bad mindset. <laughs> it has holes in it. <laughs> it has holes in it. That's right. If, if I give the first 10%, I just can't do it. If, you know, gosh, in order for me to do that, I'd have to rearrange my whole life around God. <gasps> Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Yeah. <laughs> I said I'd have to rearrange my life around God to put him first. You know, that's the point. In just not just your money, but your time, your heart, your energy, your love. Yeah, but that only leaves me 90%. Yeah, but somehow God's math is different than ours. (laughs) And it's the truth that we found that 90%. This is where we started at 10%. And we've increased from there. But we found that that 10% given to God, first fruits, he is true to his word. Yeah, 90% with his blessings yes. on it then will go further than you keeping 100%. That's right. But you have to test God out in it. You know, because we, we have to say this, this mindset takes faith. Yes. It takes, a, it takes trust. Mm-hmm. You've got to trust God instead of looking at your money and your job as your source. Oh, man. And that takes some time. It takes faith to do that. 
But you have to understand, we have to understand that money is really a counterfeit God. Jesus said, mm-hmm. you cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon was a God in that day. Mammon means wealth, money, yeah. prosperity. Like you're either going to bow down to one or the other. Yes. And Jesus said that. And when I, I remember reading that, you know, several times like, we were, God was dealing with us about our money. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I do kind of bow down to this fear of not having enough. If I give, what's what? But he says, test me in it. Test me and see if I won't throw the windows of heaven open for you and pour you out a blessing. There won't be room enough to receive. Hallelujah. Because money, you know, if if we're so tight with it or afraid, we really make it an idol. It's an idol. We have to admit that to ourselves. It's a counterfeit God. Correct. Money promises us only things that God can provide. Amen. Money says, hey, or, you know, if you have enough of me, you're going to finally be happy. You're going to find your significance. You're going to be successful. You know, the the lie is that it's going to bring you the peace and security and the significance that you want. And I just think of people that are plenty, there are plenty of billionaires and celebrities that commit suicide over lack. They got all, all the money they want. I mean, I thought about Jeffrey Epstein recently. There you go. If you could talk to him wherever he is, (laughs) alive or dead. (laughs) There you go. He had everything. I caught that. (laughs) But he sure didn't have peace. He had what the world would call significance, but now his name is pretty slandered, I would say. Yeah, right. And only God can give us lasting peace and security in our life. You can have a lot of money in your bank account and really no peace in your heart, no peace in your home. Money is is a counterfeit God. Yes, amen. And truly, our identity as children of God, that's our significance. That's what makes you instantly significant in this life. Come on. We have to just tell ourselves that truth and believe it. I mean, actually, Scripture says as a child of God, the day is coming when you're going to inherit the world and the kingdom. Everybody's fighting for Everybody it. Everybody wants it's the world be our now. Gift. It's like, well, you're going to have ownership. Guess what? So just bide your time. Obey God. And, and use the, the years that we have in this life mm-hmm. to show really where your faith and trust is. Come on. Because entrusting God like this with your money does take faith. Yes. And if we really want to break out of a scarcity cycle or just this bag with the holes in it, we have to make a decision. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to do this. I'm going to test him. Yes. So the first thing that we do is when God, we know God, what he gives us, we honor him with it. Yes. And tithing is a way to break that cycle. That's true. We have to be willing to trust in faith that as I get this cycle in motion, mm. abundance will come into my barn. Come on. You know, that it is more blessed to give than it is to always just want to be on the receiving end. And we develop an abundance mindset as we take that step, step mm-hmm. to give and trust. Now, so, we were going to talk to you about Second Corinthians, and Paul's writing this letter to the Corinthians, and he's bragging on these Macedonians. He's like, dudes, you got to really meet these people. <laughs> they're, they're so generous, you know. They didn't have much, but they were irrationally generous. And in Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse three, is where I'm going to pick it back up. 
2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3. Man, do I love to hear those pages turn. <laughs> Jesus is smiling too. Yes. Oh, my gosh. When we were at Bible college, uh, our professors, they, man, they flew through Scripture all the time, but we made a commitment that we'd look up every single verse that they even speak about. And we did it. And that's probably how we've been able to open it up and find where we are now. It, it just, it takes practice. And again, like Pastor Mamie said, I started off and told somebody about a scripture that I read. And then he goes, where is it in the Bible? Well, I didn't know about Strong's Concordance at the time. It took me a day and a half to find where that scripture was. And that guy didn't even care. It's <laughs> like, I spent a But day you knew where it was then, yeah. <laughs> So he's, he's telling this in verse 3. It says, for I testify, but Paul's writing this. You know, he says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. In other words, Paul's not, you know, he's not trying to say that we're taking up an offering for these guys. They just heard the need and they just jumped right on it. And they said, yes. The Bible says in verse 4, it says, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. When's the last time you were in church and somebody said, can I please give? They pleaded. Think about what that's saying. <laughs> they urgently pleaded. <laughs> can we give? And they called it what? A privilege. Yeah. A privilege. We can give. We want to. You know, you give that tithe and God blesses the rest. In verse 5, it says, they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, what? First of all, to the Lord. And then by the will of God, also to us. <laughs> Paul's saying, they rearranged their priorities, their entire life, their heart, the value system that they had, their possessions, their time. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. This yeah. is powerful. Yeah. They begged and pleaded, Paul, please, we want to give. Why'd they do this? Because love gives. Yeah. Love gives. Because they didn't have the bag mindset. They had the barn mindset. Yeah. The barn mindset. They understood the truth about God's provision. Yeah. Now, it, this is what Paul writes to the, second, to the Corinthians in chapter 2, verse 9. Or chapter 9, verse 8. Second Corinthians. See, there's my there's dyslexic is coming in on there. <laughs> God's really helping me, though. I'm overcoming by the love, of the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. <laughs> second Corinthians 9. And we're going to read out of the Amplified. So this is going to be long. <laughs> but it's good. It explains it so well. It does. It yeah. gives you a better picture because the Amplified involves a little more uh, of the Greek than just certain words. So it's that chapter 9, verse 8 through 11. And this is what he's writing to the Corinthians. And he's, he, he knows this in his heart. He's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And he sees it plays out in the Macedonians. He says, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be, self-sufficient, 
possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Now that's a great promise right there so that you can be self-sufficient and have enough for good works. Don't we want to be like that? Yes. Yeah. Verse 9, it goes on to say, as it is written, mm-hmm. he, the benevolent person, scatters abroad. He gives to the poor. His deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will mm-hmm. go on and endure forever. See, God's watching what Hallelujah. we're doing. We're doing eternal things with our money. Verse 10, this is awesome. And God who provides seed for the sower. Mm-hmm. He's our source and bread for eating will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness and kindness and charity. So God's going to provide more seed to sow so that you can keep being a blessing to people. Verse 11, thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way. I like that. So that why? You can consume it and spend it on yourself. Come on now, girl. No, so that you can be generous. And by your generosity, as it's administered by us, will bring forth thanksgiving to God. Like the people on the receiving end will say, God is so good. Thank you. You see how when you have something to give and you give out of love, it's producing righteous Mm -hmm. deeds. It says God is able, that first verse, to God's able by his grace to make favor and blessing come to you in abundance. Yes. He, he can do it. See, that's part of it. When you give your money, it's like, it's not just flying away. God's going, I see it. And I'm able to produce the circumstances so that you will receive back. You'll, I'll provide more seed for sowing for you. That's when we rearrange our life around him. Yes. That only happens as we're willing to rearrange our life. That's right. So we, are, we can be generous. We can scatter seed knowing that we're going to bless somebody. And see, that's what brought those people. I think they were joyful over their, the gospel message. Amen. But they were joyful because it's like, look what Jesus did for us. He gave these people. We have something. We'll give. Love gives. And God will provide for us. He'll refill whatever we give. And really, he multiplies back, but a lot of times it's even more, it's way more than money is Come what on. we have found. Yep. Haven't you found, like if you're a, a giver, a tither, you know, you like to give offerings, it's not just God refilling something financially. It's right. in so many ways. It's, it's, it's like friendships with people that are like givers become richer. Yes. And if there's this sense of purpose that you're engaged in the spreading of the gospel. Your life feels like, yes, like I'm, I'm partnered with God. That's awesome. It, it's like having children that you see are catching the same drift, yes. catching the same values, and they're doing it. And so as a family, your marriage, your family life is enhanced. It's enriched because we're, you're going all on a mission together. Yes. It's being part of a community of people. Having a church where you feel like there's people of like faith here. And we're all helping to spread the gospel. It's like going to Cuba, giving money. When we live by ourselves, just isolated and consuming it on our own, we just, it's so inward. It becomes very selfish. And that's what causes this inner, um, I would say, just dissatisfaction in our life. 
But when you realize it's through my giving, yeah. it's like when I begin to let this stuff flow through me, not just even money, but love, caring. This is why I say even on that devotional, I'm going to just share a little bit yeah, of myself on go. here. It's amazing. You're getting in motion here to be a giver. You're caring. Maybe somebody else will be helped by what I write. Yes. That's love. That's a way to love people. Amen. And it's simple. And so people who are willing to rearrange their life and make Jesus the center mm -hmm. and what he values the center, that's when you find it truly is way more blessed to give than it is to receive. Yes. And so we're just about out of time. We're going to continue on some of this next week. And so let's pray. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, because you loved us first, help us to love you back. Help us to love you with all our heart, all our minds, all our soul, all our strength. And we ask that you would help build our faith and change our mindset from scarcity to abundance. Yes, Lord. God, stir us up today. Yes. Build our faith. Yeah. And God, I know there's going to be some people who are going to take the step to tithe for the very first time. And I thank you, Father, that you've given us permission to test you yes, in this. Yes. We ask that you would, you would actually break the bag mindset that we don't have enough. Yes. Give us the barn mindset, Lord, yes. to where we think we've got more than enough. We've got enough to give. Yes. Build our faith, God, to love others, yes. to love you, and to have a heart of generosity. Hallelujah. I want to tell you about the most amazing and generous gift in the history of the world. It's called the gospel. The gospel is nothing but good news. <laughs> there's good news, but there's also bad news. And I'll start with the bad news. The bad news is that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We, we've, I know that... Uh, that's not a popular word, sin, in our culture today, that's for sure. Uh, so what does sin mean? It actually means that we've done something wrong against the holy God. And that sin separates us from our fellowship with God. But the good news is God loves us so much that he gave his son, Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect life. He was sinless. And he offered salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. God gave Jesus to us, gave his life for us, even before we could even have a chance to respond, before we were born. And the Bible declares it doesn't matter what you've done or how dark your life might be right now or how much you've messed up or how broken we are. That doesn't matter. Or how lost do you think you are? Jesus is here to find you. <laughs> and if we just surrender our lives to him, if we call on his name, he'll save us. He'll save us from eternal damnation. <laughs> he'll save us actually from an empty life. He'll give us purpose. He'll give us meaning. And heaven will be reserved for you. 
And like Pastor Mamie said, she's quoting scripture that the truth is you'll be a joint heir with Jesus Christ and he'll give us the earth after it's renewed. If you're really ready to surrender your life to Jesus and be a partaker of this heavenly gift, I ask you to raise your hand high enough so I can see it. Raise your hand high enough so I can see it. Let's pray this prayer. If you just follow me in this prayer, especially you watching on online here, let's 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 pray. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, take all my life. Take all my life. Jesus, be first. Jesus, be, be my first. savior. Be my savior. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord of my life. All of my life. All of my life. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. So I can know. So I can know. Who you are. Who you are. And what you've done for me. And what you've done for me. I put you first. I put you first. To serve you, to love you. To serve you and love you. To love others. To love others. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for the freedom. Thank you for the freedom. Thank you for the new life. Thank you for the new life. I give you all mine. I give you all mine. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.